Welcome. You're listening to Strength for the Hour, the radio outreach of Fruit of the Vine Ministries in Louisville, Ohio. We're passionate about strengthening you with deep truths from the Word of God and bringing hope to the world through Jesus Christ. Jesus said, My words are spirit and they are life. So may you experience new life from this message today by John Davison. Well, thank you, brothers and sisters, for joining me again today. Oh, my goodness, this is so amazing. I'm so overwhelmed with Jesus. I love Jesus so much. You know why? I mean, he, he is just so amazing. But here's something that we need to understand. Do you know that we really wouldn't understand Jesus without understanding his story, history, understanding what Jesus did? How do we know the things that took place in Jesus's life if we don't study what took place in Jesus's life? I just so enjoy, listen, the word of God. I love the word of God. Do you know that Psalms 138 and verse 2, it says that God exalts his word above his very name. Now, I don't want to get sidetracked here, but I really want to, exp- I really want to expound upon this idea of, of God's word and why we need to get back to God's word with everything we do, say, speak, act, feel, theology, doctrine, whatever we do, it needs to be brought back to the Word of God because it's living, it's active, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Do you know that in the time that Scripture was written, a double-edged sword was considered the most dangerous weapon somebody could have in their possession? A double-edged sword, a, a sword that was tempered, it was, it was sharp, it was, it could cut either way, okay? And, and here, dividing of, of, of bones, the marrow, the, the soul and the spirit, what's he saying? When that sword comes, it's going to make things so clear. It's going to divide darkness and light. You're going to understand things. And God says he exalts his word above his name. I mean, it's at the name of Jesus that every knee will bow. It's confess and believe upon the Lord Jesus and you shall be saved. If anyone says, right, if anyone says Jesus is Lord, right, they're speaking from the the, the Spirit of God. And so a name is really, really important in God. And God says he exalts his word above his name. And 2 Timothy 3.16 says that all Scripture... Is God breathed? The same word for breath in that scripture is the same word used for spirit or ruach. It's it's the word breath or spirit. That word actually is 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 pneuma or or like a pneumatic or an air powered weapon. And it says this in Acts, and it says something really awesome about these individuals. And I'm in Acts chapter seventeen. And I am in, in verse 11, it says, it says this, it says, uh, in verse 10, the brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea. When they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica. Why? For they received what? 
the word, they received the word with eagerness, daily examining the scriptures to find out if these things were true. Therefore, many of them believed, including honorable Greek women and many Greek men. Listen to this. It says that because they eagerly read the word, they eagerly went after the word, they eagerly ate that food. Listen, when when Jesus was talking with the Samaritan woman and the disciples came up and, and they were talking about food and Jesus says that, that I have meat to eat that you know not of. And he says, listen, I am the bread of life. He says, listen, I'm, I'm trying to get a point across to you guys. Listen, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. If we're going to live and have life and have it more abundantly in the Spirit of God, in the Holy Spirit, we have to first get understanding in the Word of God. We need, listen, God says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. And the prophecy in Daniel says that in the last days, knowledge is going to increase. Knowledge of what? Yeah, there's knowledge in the world. Yes, we have technological advances. Yes, information is traveling to and fro as we're having this this broadcast right now. You're getting information to and fro, just like the prophet Daniel prophesied. If that's not a reason to believe the Bible, I don't know what is. But he says knowledge. Knowledge of what? Knowledge of the scriptures. Knowledge of the word of God. Knowledge of God's will. Knowledge of God's plan. But I'm afraid, brothers and sisters, that is not the norm in our churches. That is not the norm in our brothers and sisters. That is not the norm today. We've moved ourselves so far from the word. And even in the the spirit-led, what you would call charismatic or even Pentecostal, if you will, we have put so much emphasis on being, quote, led by the spirit, end quote, that we didn't look in the word to find out what that really means. <laughs> and we think that it's just a free for all and we can just do whatever we want because we, we, and we justify that by saying, well, the spirit led me. Well, we need to do what scripture says. And it says to test the spirits and what spirits leading you. You don't know what spirits leading you unless you test it by the word and you be a Berean and you find out what the word of God truly says because it says this by the word of the Lord Psalms 33 6 the heavens were made and all the hosts of them by the breath the ruach of his mouth that word ruach in the Hebrew and pneuma in the Greek both mean spirit and both mean breath. In other words, the Holy Spirit is the one who is the one who breathes the word. And listen, if we don't get back to John chapter 1 and verse 1 into some of our basic understanding of what God's will is and who God is, 
Brothers and sisters, we're going to head down the same dangerous path in the church that is making us sick and weak, that, that we're, we're, we're diminishing in our influence in the world because we're not influenced by God's Word and His Spirit. The Spirit will lead us into all truths, yea, the deep truths of God. And the spiritual man, he is led and he tests all things. And he himself is subject to no man's judgment because we have the Spirit of God. We have the mind of Christ. But there's still areas in our minds where we haven't had the renewing of our mind by the washing with the water of the Word. What Word? The Word of God. Listen to John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, the Logos of God. In the beginning, the very foundation we're talking about is the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Listen, when you search the Word, you're searching God. When you're looking in the Word of God, in the perfect law of liberty, when you're looking at the Word of God, you are searching for the heart of the Father. The word for love in Hebrew, the word for love in Hebrew is ahava. It means the heart of the Father revealed, and to reveal the heart of the Father. Jesus came and he said, I only do what I see my Father doing, and what my Father gives me, I'll make it known to you. And what you have freely received, you need to freely give that. Brothers and sisters, if you're in the United States of America, for goodness sakes, you probably have a Bible sitting right on your shelf right now. And God is begging you and saying, please open my word and get to know me because I love you. And I have so many things that I want to tell you. But you're not willing Jesus said, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who stone the prophets and kill those sent to you, how I long to gather you like a hen gathers his chicks, but you were not willing. In other words, I wanted to give it all to you. I wanted you to understand everything I have for you, but you're not willing. You're not willing to recognize me. You're not willing to recognize my word. And he's crying out to his church. And he's saying, listen, listen, hear. Those who have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. Let the Spirit and the bride say, come. And John 1 says, He was in the beginning with God. All things were created through him. And without him nothing was created that was created. In him was life. What's it saying? In the beginning was the Word. And he says, He is the Word. And in him was life. So that means that the Word and life is the Word of life, which means you can't have life without the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Unless you hear the Word of God, not just in a, in a, I heard the Lord tell me this, but hearing what the scriptures have to say as well, unless you hear the word, 
You won't be able to test things by the word. If you're not testing it by the word, you're testing it by your feelings and your emotions and your experiences. And that is so dangerous. And God says, we don't walk by sight. We walk by faith and faith in the son of God and faith that this written 66 books, 40 different authors, over 7,000 manuscripts we have in our possession today, plus the Dead Sea Scrolls, plus we have Google, plus we have all of these search engines, and we have Bible Gateway, and we have Christian bookstores that they didn't even have in Jesus' time. You had to go to the synagogue in order to read the Word and hear the Word of God. And now you have it in your lap, and Jesus is saying, listen, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Word of God, it's active. The Word of God is powerful. The Word of God is sharp. It'll break through every single thing that you have going on in your life. It is more powerful than anything you have in your possession. It will lead you and guide you into all truths. But you've laid down your weapon on the battlefield. And God says, listen, the word became flesh. It dwelt among us. And in him was the light of men. What does that mean? I am the way, Jesus said. What does that mean? That means he's the way. He's the way to live. He's he's the way you were created for. He said, I am the truth. What does that mean? He's saying, everything you see in me, that's truth. You walk in truth. I am the life. What does that mean? It means life. Jesus showed you the example of what life was destined to look like. And no one comes to the Father but by me. And today, the church is responsible to manifest Christ, to know the Son of God, to have the fellowship of the Spirit, and to go into the world and to teach and to preach who Jesus is, what Jesus did, manifesting the power of God, and to give them that message and that option so that through the message we give them, they can go through Jesus to get to the Father. But if we don't understand the heart of the Father, if we don't understand and get some biblical literacy of what the Word says, you're in danger. Watch out. The enemy, the devil, he roars roars around. He prowls about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And brothers and sisters, we are watching him devour. We are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, what is it good for but to be tossed out into the fire and be burned? You are the light of the world. Do not take your light and put it under a bushel. What is he saying? He's saying you can stifle the Holy Spirit simply by not aligning your own self with the Holy Spirit. You can say that you're being guided by the Holy Spirit all you want, but if the fruit in your life is not the fruit of the Spirit, then you're deceived, you're blind, you're naked, and you're not in relationship and in the heart of the Father. 
And he's not saying, well done, good and faithful servant. He's looking at you like the book of Revelation. He's looking at you like one of the seven churches. He's looking at you and saying, yeah, you did that. Yeah, you did that. But nevertheless, I hold this against you. And now you need to return to your first love. Return to your first love. Return to me. Come to me. All ye who are wearied and burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. But brothers and sisters, we have so many thoughts and theologies. I can give you an example right now. I can prove to you very simply that we have things that we think are correct. We have things we think are correct about Jesus that we can't even prove with the Bible because we don't even know it. Let me ask you a simple question. Let's exercise this. Is there one verse in the Bible that says Jesus Christ had long hair? Now this, look, listen, it might be a simple topic. You might say, what's the big deal? Who cares if he had long hair? I'm making a point here. Okay, follow along with me, please. Is there one verse in the Bible that said Jesus Christ has long hair? You might say, I don't know. Some might say, well, he was a Nazarene and the Nazarenes wore their hair long. Well, how about this? What if I took you to the Nazarite vow in Numbers chapter 6? What if you read Numbers chapter 6 about the, the Nazarite vow and found out exactly what a Nazarite vow really was? What if I told you that not every Nazarene had long hair, only those who were under a Nazarite vow? And what if I told you that if you went into your Bible, you went to Numbers chapter 6, and you read through Numbers chapter 6 and found out what the qualifications for a Nazarite vow was? Did you know that a Nazarite who was under a Nazarite vow and let his hair grow long, do you know he couldn't drink any fermented drink, he couldn't drink vinegar, he couldn't drink wine or any type? And we know for a fact the very first miracle that Jesus did was he turned water into wine. We know for the fact that the Passover Seder that's been celebrated for thousands of years, what we call in the church the Last Supper or communion, has always been done traditionally with wine. That means that Jesus drank wine the night before he, the night he was betrayed. And then he drank wine vinegar when he was up on the cross. Remember that? The soldier? So we know he drank vinegar from scriptures. We know he drank wine specifically because he did the Seder. And we know he turned the water into wine. Wait a minute. A Nazarite cannot do that under a Nazarite vow or else he has to cut his hair off. Well, what about this one? Now, now that was number 6-3. What if number 6-9? Did you know that a Nazarite couldn't be near a dead body or else he had to shave his head off? Or shave his hair off? He would have to shave his hair off. So wait a minute. Every single time Jesus went near a dead body, he would have to shave his head? So that means when he went to the little girl who was dead on the bed, that when he told her little girl, get up, do you mean that every time he did something like that, he had to shave his head? That means that every single miracle that Jesus performed when he was around, anybody who was who was dead or dying or sickness and those types of things in that type of a situation, that means every time he went around those, he would have to shave his head. That means that Jesus would actually be bald. Are you sure he was under a Nazarite vow? But see, we assume well, what about Revelation one fourteen, where it says his hair is like wool? Well, take a look at some Jewish people today and you'll find out that their hair is pretty curly. Looks a lot like wool, doesn't it? That has nothing to do with the length of his hair. Now listen, I'm not trying to make a big point whether or not Jesus had long hair or not. It's it, To me, I, I don't see that as, as, as the big picture. The point of what I'm making is, is that our literacy of the Bible compared to our traditions of who Jesus is 
don't jive. And it doesn't jive because we're not in the Word of God trying to find out the heart of the Father and trying to find out the way, the truth, and the life. We prayed a prayer to get into heaven and we're just waiting for Him to come and get us out of here. Instead of living in relationship with the Son of God who died for us to remove our sins so that we can live in power and victory in this time. And like Jesus said in the book of Revelation, to he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says. To he who overcomes, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. What? He's saying, listen, you need to overcome. Part of this walk is overcoming. Part of this walk is overcoming this world, not waiting for a rescue mission. I don't have a problem with the rapture doctrine. That's not an issue. I have no problem with the rapture. I cannot wait to be with my Savior. I can't wait to elope with the King. I love Him. I can't wait for the wedding supper of the Lamb. But I also know that I can live victorious in this life through the shed blood on the cross. I also know that what Jesus did removed all my sin, and He no longer sees me as a sinner. He sees me as a saint. I also know that I am a son of God, and as a son of God, I want to know about what my Father's business is, so that I too can be about my Father's business in this world now, sharing the gospel. Why do you think I'm on the radio speaking to you right now? All this is birthed out of my love for you and my love for him. And I love his word. And he exalts his word above his very own name. Brothers and sisters, listen, I I just want to challenge you to crack open your Bible. Do you know if you, depending on your translation or how big your Bible is, if you read six pages a day, For 40 days, you can read through the entire New Testament. If you've got a modern English version, uh, MEV, if you've got an NIV, a New International Version, um, if you've got a King James Version, it might take a little bit more depending on the print size. But listen, let me just challenge you. Set a goal to read through the New Testament in 40 days. It's six pages a day. Skip your lunch. Wake up an hour early. It only takes an hour, depending on how fast you read, You know, some of us who read a little bit slower, it it only takes an hour to read those six pages and really let it soak in, meditate it throughout the day, break it up through the day. Read 10 minutes in the morning, read 20 minutes at your lunch, you know, read, read another hour or something when you get home, whatever. But get in the word of God and find out what Jesus has to say about you, about the kingdom, about who he is and who he says you are so that you can live as more than a conqueror through him who first loved you. And while you were yet a sinner, Christ came and died for you. The word of God is breathed by the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit works in conjunction with the word. The word and the spirit work together and they will never contradict what they say. First Corinthians chapter four, verses one through seven says this, not to go beyond what is written. He will never contradict himself. In fact, in Galatians 5, verse 16 to 21, he talks about the, the, the fruits of the flesh or, or the sin, the, the, what, you're, what would manifest of the sinful nature. And one of those things is factions. And that actually, that word faction, the, 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 the flesh, one of the acts of the sinful nature, that faction, if you look up that word in the Greek, it literally means to form an opinion contrary to the word of God. And this is how we know what's true and what's false. So your flesh can form an opinion contrary to the word of God. And Galatians 5 says that the acts of the sinful nature, but if you are living according to the spirit, 
then you will manifest the fruit of the Spirit and not the fruit of the flesh. Isn't this interesting how the Word of God gives us all of these parameters and they show us how to live holy, upright, and godly lives in this wicked generation? And He shows us how to love those whom the Father loves. You see, Jesus paid an awfully big price for that person sitting next to you at work. Jesus paid an awfully big price for that person that you see at the intersection every day. Jesus paid an awfully big price for that person standing on the other side of the counter when you pay for your coffee or get your bagels and your donuts in the morning. Jesus paid an awfully big price for that person that you see every day at the checkout counter at the grocery store. And he says, listen, um, I've sent you and I've put you in these places, uh, not just so you can just get what you need from somebody and then move on in your day feeling pleased that you got what you wanted. But listen, you, you, you died when you came to me. And, and now that you died, you can live. But if, if you don't understand that, that you've become a new creation and you, you, you've died to your, your sinful nature, if you don't grab a hold of that, you're going to miss it. And brothers and sisters, he does not want his church to miss it. He loves you with an everlasting love. And he is so madly in love with you and he wants you to read his love letter understand the poetry and the way he sees you so that you know you're loved by the father and you are in relationship with the lover of your soul god bless you in jesus mighty name amen thank you for joining us for this broadcast of strength for the hour our hope is that you have received rest, revelation, edification, sanctification, and truth. To learn more about this ministry and to be further strengthened in your faith, you can visit us at our website, www.fruitofthevine.wix.com forward slash fruit of the vine. There you'll find a link to our Facebook and YouTube. If you'd like to send us a letter, please write to Fruit of the Vine Ministries, P.O. Box 222. Louisville, Ohio, 44641. And for a final word of encouragement, here again is John Davison. Thanks, Alex. You know, God anointed the New Testament writers, and the Holy Spirit spoke through them, and says this in the book of Hebrews, chapter 4 and verse 12. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of the soul and the spirit, the joints, and the marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. And Jesus says this in the book of Revelation, chapter 3 and verse 8. He says, listen, I know your deeds. See, I place before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Well, praise God, brothers and sisters, that the word of God was able to penetrate into our hearts today and that the Lord gave us strength through his message as he spoke the word through his word by his Holy Spirit to you where you're at in your home and in your atmosphere. So I just thank you so much for taking your time and listening to the word of God with us today. We hope that you've been blessed, encouraged, and strengthened by the word of God. So thank you so much. God bless you and keep you in his perfect peace. In Jesus' mighty name, shalom.